Hello, welcome to Back the Girls podcast. We've just had round two of the Women's Rugby World Cup. We're going to have the thoughts of Rachel Taylor, Laurie Harries, myself, Gemma Hallett. We're going to take it to the clubs, find out what's been going on closer to home before we wrap it up, looking ahead to the crucial, crucial match in the third round with Australia. It's all on the pod. Hello, sit with tea and not like that, Melchad. Hello, young girl. Sit with tea. I've been on my Duolingo. You're very, oh, um, very jolly in your pronunciations. Well, that's how, that's how Duolingo wants it. And I'm smashing it. So what I just said, Tails, was, hello, how are you? Good evening. Hey, do you want to come right, Gwan? Good evening, Sharon. Yeah, dip it back. Yeah, well, no, well, no. There's a difference there. What Tails is referring to is Gog Welsh. <laughs> I'm sure where how much Welsh is actually in Gog Welsh. Oh. You need to be careful what you say in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a uh, Jess to do a fly in now. Yeah, I know. Weird. Yes, Cymru in this house, Dil Chavarian. Oh, yes, come me in this house, Diochavau Leon. Annie Bandiang. Right, we've lost 70% of the audience already. Apologies. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, gosh, round two of the World Cup. Very excited. Uh, before we dive into to it, I know we're really super excited and I know that Laurie can't wait to talk about the improvements in the scrums. She's best in for it. <laughs> Let's firstly celebrate the women that was working this weekend. Does everybody know who was where? Tails was somewhere. <laughs> where were you, uh, Tails? So out in New Zealand, flew back <laughs> straight away. <laughs> okay, this is already falling apart, so I'm just going to drive, okay? So Tails, <laughs> your commentary for ITV. Yeah, Phil was looking glamorous as ever with her hair and makeup in the studio for ITV. And we had Cat Eds on S4C comms. We had Carol on Radio Cymru and S4C Cymru View. And we had Alex Donovan on BBC Five Live Radio. So phenomenal again. Congratulations, everybody. Um, you listened to Cat Eds, didn't you? Uh, Lowe's? Yeah, yeah, I listened to her. I had to make a point, isn't it? She always wants my feedback after. <laughs> I bet she does. But, but no, there's a good little, there's a nice little banter between her and Dudgy because Dudgy works on that as well. So, oh, apologies, and a shout out to Dudgy then. I think Ellen Evans had a bit of a stint as well, didn't she? I was going to say, I'm pretty sure Ellen was working as well. So what's that? We're up to seven. That was that was in probably in Gog Welsh, was it? <laughs> oh yeah. Not a, not a word. Didn't get a word. <laughs> <laughs> so Tails, Phil, Cat, Ed, Carol, uh, James, Alex Donovan, um, Dudgy and Ellen Evans. Whilst Lori Harry's at the lion. Absolutely. Listen, there was a lot to come from that game, so it's good that I woke up refreshed and watched it back, actually. I'll have a different perspective it? to yours. <laughs> How many times did you watch it? Twice. Good stuff. All right. Yeah. Let's dive in then. Wales v New Zealand. Um, what's your overall thoughts on the game, Tails? 
Yeah, I guess it was probably the result we all we all thought might have been coming. Was uh, it? I'm pretty sure what you said it was going to be a close game last week. No, I think we wanted to stay. My my heart wanted to stay in touch with them, but um, yeah, they took a few. They took a few, uh, you know, phases and a few moments to sort of really click, didn't they, as a group, New Zealand? Um, but I thought, you know, it, it felt like Wales were were like really like in the game, or at least, you know, competing in a lot of areas, which I thought was really um, really pleasing. But just unfortunately, just the the offload game from New Zealand and and just probably individual clash just blew us away. And discipline was better, but it was probably more of a case of clean line breaks rather than penalties given away. Um, I think they had a crazy start at one point. They were like they'd entered the Welsh 22 eight times and they'd come away with seven tries at one point during the game. So only once did they get in the 22 and not get something, which is just an incredible strike rate. But yeah, disappointing, but I think, you know, probably what what we all feared was coming. Yeah. Before we get into the nitty gritty of some of those stuff you mentioned, Laurie, what was your interpretation of the game? What did you think? I think they'll take more out of that game than what they expected. The performance as a general was better, although the scoreline doesn't reflect it, because we've all seen the scrum. Twitter blew up about the mm. scrum they completely dominated it at times there were still some dodgy ones but they'd come away with that with a welsh win for the scrums yeah um there was one try that they scored and i think new zealand i think every player touched the ball in the lead up to the try and there wasn't a single missed tackle every welsh player com- completed their tackle it's just the offload game was immense yeah you know you you can't defend something like that unless you change your complete process. So, you know, there's bits like that, whereas two, three, four, well, even last summer, those tackles wouldn't have been made. So there is progress. And I think that's the kind of thing that's going to come, that that they're going to be pleased about, because if they come against other teams now, they know they've got that in their bag. It's just they'll be aware of different scenarios and situations where if an offer comes in, what happens next? What does the next player do, you know? Mm. But yeah, I think it's only going to be very, it's made the whole competition so much more interesting now because especially with the result of Australia-Scotland, Wales should be very confident going into the next round. And I I said last week, I think Wales can beat Australia. Oh, all right. We'll dive into that later. Very excited about it. Um, Let's get into the nitty gritty. So the score was uh, 10 tries to two. Right, so that was twelve fifty six to New Zealand. Meters gained. I found this incredible, and I think this is pretty much the story of the game based on what you two just said about offloads. It was Wales made one hundred and fifty four meters to New Zealand's eight hundred and eighty three. That's massive. Eight hundred and eighty three to New Zealand, one hundred and fifty four to Wales. But surprisingly, in the second half, Wales had seventy five percent of the territory. And they won the territory game overall. Line breaks, which you know came from those meters ran. Wales had one, and New Zealand had fourteen. For me, this is where the game w- was lost. It's the offloading game that you two mentioned, and you know the line breaks that come from that. Offloads twenty-eight to two. New Zealand. You said the tackles were made, but the pass was still getting away. Loads. You know those stats back you up there, and defenders beat. 
New Zealand beat 49 defenders to Wales' is seven. So if we take the, the set piece away from it, they completely dominated, didn't they, in open play? And the stats are there to back it up. But let's talk about the set piece. Tails, what was pleasing? Yeah, I think, like, obviously the scrum and, like, the interpretation around the scrum really helped. There was some, um, it, it gives us much more of a platform. I think when you refer back to, like, the stats bit is crazy, right? So, like, we all watched uh, Wales-Scotland the way last time round. And Wales gave, what was it, like, 18 penalties away? Mm-hmm. And everyone said, oh, discipline, discipline, discipline. I'm pretty sure, like, New Zealand games are, like, 17 penalties away this week. 17, yeah which is nuts, right? So like they can still give that amount of penalties away, but like still win the game by that amount. So yeah, it's crazy. But um, driver more was really pleasing. Scrum was really pleasing. Um, I think they've got to use those two platforms now like massively to take into, into the Australia game. That has to be something that gives them confidence. You know, I, I, I said it in the morning of the game. I, I can imagine that you know, Australian coaches and the Australian forwards starting to think about their line-out defence like straight away because they'll know that that's a threat and if they get put down there, um, like I hope they go to it. There was a funny one in the game, like we chose to scrum again uh, rather than go for the line-out at one point. Like I thought it was a bit of a weird one because they just were on a final warning for the for the line-out. But um, yeah, overall, like good to see like it's it's good that that's part of game a part of our game that's returning it was always something that we'd sort of bread and butter wasn't it back in the day that we we always sort of prided ourselves on so that was good to see and nice to have a couple of tries scored um Fionn's obviously off the back of all the hard work from the forwards just right place right time <laughs> oh see that to her face poor Donna Rose will be fuming um and then obviously Sean Eds. I think we were all waiting for that, weren't we? That was probably a given. Um, yeah, really, like, it's a fascinating game. Like you said, like, some of the stats, I think the biggest one was probably, like, the amount of gain line that New Zealand got. Like, just the... I don't know if it's probably from the back of their Australia game where they didn't seem that physical in that first 30 minutes, but, my God, they made the gain line on nigh on every carry on the yeah. weekend. Like, and... You know, I've been in t- I've been I've been in the position where like you're against that, and it's New Zealand, and it is tough, man. Like having to defend, 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 and when when teams break that gain line, you're having to like reverse round the ruck to get into a defensive position as well. So everything's slower, everything takes longer, everything's more physically demanding, and unfortunately, like it's just really hard to keep that up for a whole game. Um, but yeah, I think that like there's little glimmers, loads of positivity. I think the exactly like Lou says, like there's so much on this next game, and there's absolutely no reason that Wales shouldn't be going into that feeling really confident because off the back of, of what they've done in the last couple of last couple of games, it's, it's getting better all the time. Um, so I think it's going to be a massive showdown against Australia. Mm. So Lowe's, that's uh, Tails' take on the set piece and the scrum. You know we're all waiting for yours. So Wales dominate the territory. We dominate the set piece. Um, we didn't win the game. We think we know why. We'll come to that later. But tell us more about the set piece. What were your thoughts? I think uh, the prep beforehand helped in a sense. I would have imagined that they would have looked at the team sheet and seen what little experience those New Zealand staff in pack had. And they just took it to them and blitzed them because... 
in the, in the starting eight, only one player had more than 10 caps. And the starting front row only had 15 caps between them. So if I was going up against that, I'd be, you know, rubbing my hands. But it's New Zealand. So do you zone in on that too much? I think every player in our pack, Welsh pack, did their job. And that's what has been expected of them from the start of the campaign all the way back from the Six Nations to now. And and like... I feel bad for going in so heavy on them last week, but it's obviously, you know, something that's been spoken about in training. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come back with that kind of reaction, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Or they listened to the pod and thought, right, well, Laurie said. <laughs> well, I don't say. But, you know, there there can be some hope here, isn't it? <laughs> but, no, I think, like, credit where credit's due, the scrum was phenomenal. And for me to be following the game at Hapas 3, only on Twitter for me to be like scrum, 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 scrum. I was like, what's going on, isn't it? So, yeah, I did watch the second half on my phone in bed, but <laughs> only because of the hype it it drew on Twitter. So, um, you know, there's still you know some tweaks that need to be done, but it was nice for you know different combinations to have a go at it. Um, you could argue that it's not the time or place to be starting new players and put them in the deep end against the likes of New Zealand, but New Zealand did exactly the same. They're starting new combos. England have done the same. So, you know, if we're, if we're not going to be doing it now with so many little domestic games, when would we? Good point, yeah. So, yeah, driving line out, I thought, again, well, 70-30 performance-wise there, I thought um, a few of them went to be a bit skewiff. Um, and I found like the driving mall sometimes became detached too early, but that's about it. I was overall pleased with it. I think the pack shone. Mm. Um, it, it was always going to be a different task for the backs, um, but because you know you are somewhat more exposed as a back. But um, I think there's more of that game, despite the scoreline, they can take as a positive. Yeah. So that's probably the scrum, right? We dominated in the scrum and that was amazing to see, like you both alluded to. Um, line out was was pretty solid. A few squiffs, as you mentioned, but pretty solid. <laughs> and we, we won the territory game, right? We, we're trying to play rugby where, where we want to play rugby. So if all three of those are going in our favour, then why did we lose so heavily? I Right. If you, Especially if you come in the second half, I think New Zealand probably had a ball kick. Even though, you know, the times where Wales could make it, that boring game that we spoke about last week, it, it was dead rugby. They couldn't create anything because we were killing everything and making it so slow. It was frustrating New Zealand and they had to try something, you know, miraculous. So you did see a lot of individual performances from New Zealand as well to try and get the game going. Mm. But when you kick off and they score straight away, and then you get your little huddle, then you're like, right, new plan, kick off again, oh, scored again. Mm. Right, new plan, let's target it again, kick off, oh, scored again. You know, that's, that's going to kill you because you're thinking, I'm not even getting a chance to set up anything defensively because it's, it's one missed tackle or, you know, just one moment of brilliance from one player from New Zealand and they've scored. They've run the length of the pitch kind of thing, you know? So 
And like I said, it wasn't always at the fault of Wales because they were complete in their tackles. It's just the offload game was crazy. So. I think they were completing these tackles, but a lot of it was soak up tackles. When I something that Taylor said, we were going backwards in yeah. defense. I, I don't think we matched them in open play physicality wise. We weren't as aggressive as them. We weren't. We didn't fight for those inches that turned into meters. Um, once you're going backwards, you can't get your first defenders in place, and then the gaps are there. They were just picking up and going, running through, weren't they? So for me, it's yeah, great about the scrum, great about the line out, great about the territory. Um, but we've got to be harder and we've got to front up more physically. Um, and even just like match them. If they're going to run that hard, let's just run that hard as well when we're ball in hand. We're still playing our very static wait for the ball to come before we accelerate. New Zealand just start accelerating from 400 metres back and get that pass. I, I don't know because there was a, there was a point there where Jazz she she had the ball. It was as if she was playing like more of a, like a cautious game. I'm I'm unsure. I haven't spoken to her, so I don't know. But there was one point where I definitely think she would have had Portia on the outside, but she did the little check and then tried to go again, and then she was caught. I think if you do that time and time again, you're gonna create doubt in your own mind before you even had received the pass. So I. It's about, I think, the only way we're going to be able to get anywhere near New Zealand is by playing them more consistently. Time and time again, if you're just going to be playing the likes of Scotland and Ireland, England, they've got such a different type of game to New Zealand. We're not going to be used to playing and defending against that type of team. So as frustrating as it is, because it's never going to happen, we're not going to jump on a plane just over to New Zealand every other weekend, are we? So... It's just about knowing. So I'm not saying that the analysis and all that part of rugby wasn't done beforehand, but it's about knowing the team a little bit better as well, I think. Mm. So tell anyway. us, we saw a version of New Zealand that came up earlier in the year and got uh, blown away. And it's the first time I think we all looked at New Zealand and went, oh my gosh, like they're, they're takeable. Is that a word? They're there for the taking. <laughs> <laughs> Second beer, I'm on. <laughs> um, so how then of, of New Zealand does so improve so rapidly between game one, game two, like the warm-up fixture and game one tails? Like, how does a team become that good in a short amount of time? Yeah, like, let's not forget, they're individually, they're world-class players, aren't they? Like, we've seen this before. Like, you mentioned Portia Woodman, that's the best I've seen her play for a long time um, consistently, like in defence and attack. I thought she was literally like just on another, she was on another pitch compared to everybody else. The, like the, the way she was playing and how ahead of the game she was. I think there's probably a bit of the, the kickback off of their trip, obviously across to England and France when they didn't perform very well. I think that shook them, obviously, like they weren't expecting that. Like they got really hard uh, hit by the by the pandemic and they weren't play, allowed to play domestic rugby. Obviously, they weren't allowed to travel, whereas things, you know, over um, here were sort of like a little bit stop start. Whereas in England and the premiership, everything carried on as normal. Uh, we were back playing international rugby like way before they were. So they had a, they've had a long time out. But like some of that stuff for me is clicks back into like how they've been coached when they're younger and how much rugby 
influence I have. Like they're really adaptable rugby players. So you saw it in Australia game under the pump for the first 30 minutes, their plan wasn't working. Next thing, everything's really tight around the ruck, loads of carries, getting gain line. And then suddenly they're like, oh yeah, we remember what we're doing now. Yeah. Like they have to go through this. It's like they have an ability to change in the game. And I think that's something that like we, we've got to try and aspire to do as well as, as like as a country and as individual players. Like if, you, if you're doing something a little bit like Lowe said, you're behind the post and something's not working, You've got to be able to. You've got to be able to change it there and then. Um, you can't wait for, you know, half time or water breaks and messages to come on. Like you've got to see these things, and I think that's something that they have across the board. Because um, some of that, like, you know, yes, they are a lot of individual players, but that offloading game that we saw start to really like reignite, if you like, in in the New Zealand or the Blackferns like style of play this weekend. Like they're on the same page, yeah. They all know what they want to do, and I think we started to see that a little bit more. And that carrying that you talked about, they carry with such an intent to to get over the gain line or to score that the people outside of them or either side of them know that. Therefore, they're already changing their lines. They're already adjusting to see something like an offload come. Whereas I think we're almost we'll happily watch that phase go, create a breakdown, and we're going to go and set for something else. It's almost like we don't want to. It's like we don't want to go like we're a little bit scared to really like fully play and like I guess that's what's so special about watching teams like you know New Zealand play rugby isn't it it's like they just they just love it and it it makes us all love rugby again I suppose cool so anything else you want to say about the New Zealand Wales game before we move on Lowe's, give the score of <laughs> yeah, here she comes. Give the try, uh, give the scrum a score out of ten for us. Um, eight. Oh, yeah, because they were completely dominant, but there's still areas to improve on, isn't there? So always you give a few penalties away. Cool. Okay, so tails over to you. Before you move on, I want to talk about selection because we did have a bit of a debate, didn't we, on the group when we saw selection? Yes, yes. And well, I well, I had a fit, didn't I? Because so, I couldn't believe it. But I think I think it was justified. I think we needed the heavier pack to slow it down because they took well, was it sixteen minutes before they scored the first try or something, or even later? Maybe I'm not sure, but. I think I think we did we angled it right. Well, I say we <laughs> did well because it obviously paid off in the scrum anyway. Do you think I don't know? It blows my mind, right? You've got your starting back row that finished the Six Nations, started the World Cup. That back row, Butchers, Calendar, and Seanad, and then you lose one, which is devastating, and then you voluntarily lose another, and you you take that background back row down to a single person with like kind of you know patched up flankers I, I for me I don't understand why you'd voluntarily lose another when you've just lost one but um if you say you worked in the scrum lows um but I would I think you know possibly if calendar was on they wouldn't have scored till the you know an extra two or three minutes after that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Alex's fitness obviously played part of it as well. So maybe they just wanted it to like keep that intensity going into the second half when maybe your bigger players 
tilled off a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, possibly. Uh, we'll come on to selection for the Australia game later, and we can argue over that one. But uh, Tails, round up the rest of the games for us. What have we got to say? Oh, yeah, like, I just felt that we, we probably should touch on some stuff that obviously happened. Obviously, we're all obsessed with Wales and, and, and want to know that inside out. But just some other stuff around the fixtures from this weekend just gone. So Fiji beat South Africa, which was amazing, right? So that's yeah. Fiji's first ever win in a World Cup. Yep. which was just amazing. They literally celebrated like they'd won it. Um, <laughs> but like to them, they have. Like they've done everything they wanted to do. I just think it's an amazing story. I know I harped on about this last time, but it was great to see them get the win. Um, bit of a shock. Well, not a shock for me, only because I had them as a bit of dark horses in this team. So uh, Canada beat Italy, 22 points, 12. Um, you think that's Italian. a shock? I just, I've got a feeling about Italy this World Cup. Just keep an eye on them. Didn't you say this in the Six Nations just gone? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) I just really want them to come good. Canada's (laughs) got such a good history in the World Cup, though, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're always there or thereabouts. And I think they're known for their power game, right? So, like, when they needed to, they could go to catch drive. They've got that size. They've got those athletes in the pack that they can use for that. But there was a little bit more variation from them, which was a little bit nice to see. Um, there was obviously Le Crunch or La Crunch, um, which saw England win only 13 points to seven, which if you like watching defence, go back, watch France defend, because, oh, my word, without swearing, it was amazing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, but England came good. Uh, obviously, centre, Sarah Hunter, equally. I think going the, going the most equaled and now gone the most capped um, England international, which is just phenomenal for her career. So shout out to her. Let's stay on that just a sec, just a sec, because France lost two players in the opening minutes, didn't they? Menager, who's just like my favourite player, yeah. and Sanzus, who is just immense. Uh, yeah. If those two stayed on the pitch, could it have been France's day? 100%, I think. Yeah. I've never seen England win a game but look like they're losing as they play in. It was such a bizarre game to watch, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I'm gutted for everyone that Sansus isn't going to be in because she's just such a phenomenal rugby player to watch. Like, this was the stage to do it on. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, there's quite a few. There was a, there was a few big injuries um, this weekend, which is obviously gutting. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, and it, it brings it back to that conversation around the selection for them, doesn't it? Because for me, I'm a big, I'm a big Mo, Mo Hunt fan. And that was probably a game that Mohan, I would have felt, could have done something and had added a bit of creativity. So really interesting in terms of like their selection for the for the whole tournament ahead now. Mm. Um, but yeah, they can be rocked. And I think that's, like, don't get me wrong, they'll have wanted that type of fixture. They'll want to be pushed to the wire to, to get better. But um, yeah, for, for a game for the neutral, it was, it was really cool um, to watch. Uh, USA sort of back on track, 30 points against Japan. Um, and then obviously the other one that we're all sort of eyes on was the Scotland-Australia game. So Australia beating Scotland 14 points to 12. Yeah, controversial though, wasn't it? <laughs> Where okay. were Australia Straight in. <laughs> Straight in. Uh, if you were Scotland... You'd be absolutely devastated with how this tournament's going at the moment. 
Yeah. It was a bit of a shock loss to Wales, if you were the coaching team there. Definitely thought they had, you know, we're going to create something massive against Australia. And then off the back of that, they've lost Chloe Rowley now as well. Her tournament's over due to injury. So, and and they go into play New Zealand. Oh, <laughs> fabulous. How would, you, like, how would you build morale over there now, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? But obviously they've done very well. I think they'll be, they'll be more gutted knowing how close they've come against yeah. both teams so far. Yeah. Like, incredible to even qualify, wasn't it? Like, don't forget their journey for qualification. Yeah. Like, they've gone round the houses to get there. And, like, I'm like I'm fortunate en- enough to know a couple of them um, through coaching, and, and they will continue in that same, like, determination to, to get a result f- for Scotland. Like, I would love nothing more next weekend than Scotland to beat New Zealand in, like, the most, you know historic fixture since Ireland beat them in the last World Cup but um yeah but that wouldn't do Wales any favours would it no no Come on, but it would just be amazing for them it's a story like I just yeah like they're becoming it's, it's a tough watch isn't it like the emotional chats after are always difficult to watch because you just know they they literally put their heart on their sleeve and, and go for it but yeah, tough. I mean did incredibly well to get obviously qualification but that's that's two losses from from two now and um, obviously puts more on this game in terms of Wales and Australia for us as well. We're not coming to it yet. Let me take it to the clubs. Let me give you a quick roundup. Um, so there was 15, if not a couple more that just haven't been recorded, uh, played scheduled to be played on the weekend. Six didn't go ahead. So it was nine matches in total. Disappointing again to see six not played. It's possibly eight, but I'm waiting for... Uh, things to be kind of updated. The Premiership played all theirs though. Uh, Bonamai beat Cobra, Carnarvon lost to Derry, Ponteclean and Llandaff. I went down to this, I thought this was going to be a tri-fest. It was a sunny, sunny day and everyone was buzzing from watching Wales, New Zealand and Ponteclean beat Llandaff 5-0. Like, when was the last <laughs> time we seen a 5-0 score? <laughs> and it was just, it was just like an arm wrestle. It was kind of that 22 to 22 kind of game. Um, lots of chances. Raf was back playing, but she's not back to top speed yet. She had a few little breaks, but she got caught. It, it could have gone either way, really. Um, but uh, yeah, that ended up 5-0. So Ponaclean is still sitting top of the Premiership, three from three. Two games weren't played in the Championship. So Lampeter beat, lost to Whitland 2010. Seven Sisters beat Lampeter Fardre 24-7. And then... As we go down, there's fewer and fewer games played. Um, but shout out to Whitchurch, who beat Kilvanis 29-0. And Hollyhead beat Langevney, lost to Langevney, sorry, 17-5. And then Haverford West, down you away now, Lowe's, uh, beat Morriston 57-22. And Tumble beat Tondee 29-10. So You'd that's make a it. Terrible bingo caller. Hey. Eh? Make a terrible bingo caller. <laughs> well, I just wanted to get through it. Sorry, and then 68. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? How's it no, going? No, no. <laughs> oh. So, there we go. It's the way I've written it down. It makes more sense. <laughs> uh, before we come back to the World Cup, let me quickly give you an update on the under 18. So, I was chatting to one of the players down at the ground upon a clean, and uh, they've just finished a Welsh block. 
Um, so they've been in with the squad under the solid Welsh block, really enjoyed it, really buzzing going forward. They now leave that and go into the regionals, under 18s regionals. And then they'll do that up until they're back in Welsh in January to prepare for uh, the Six Nations tournament again. So buzzing, they are happy, seem to be enjoying it. They know, she said to me, it's really good to know what's coming. So I think that's, you know, there's communication there, there's a bit of a plan. So let's see how that plays out. So that's good news. Still no news on the caps, though. So I'll, I'll keep banging on about that. So um, <laughs> before we go to Australia game, uh, Laurie, didn't we give uh, Rachel Taylor um, a little challenge for the New Zealand-Wales <laughs> game? Yeah. Yeah, Tails, what happened? You got uh, what, stage fright, is it? <laughs> Just, I was attempting to be professional, to be honest, and I felt like it was a little bit. I felt like it was a little bit um, late notice, really. Late notice. Can't spring that kind of stuff on me. I'm not good uh, like that. Can't the, whole, the whole point of a challenge is it is difficult, mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to give you six months notice to get what was this? Slip and slide back the girls. What was the other one? Bang bang. <laughs> And there was a couple more. And you didn't get any in. No. 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 All right. Lucky we've got one more game to go, isn't it? At Two least. more games. Come on. Positive. At least. At, yeah. least. At least one more game to go. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the Australia game. Um, all right. Let's just think. What do we need to do? What changes do we need to make? What are the predictions? We're going to go in that order. Uh, so, Tails, over to you. Wales, Australia. We are buzzing for this one, right? Yeah, like, obviously, there's still, like, a really good chance of qualifying. But to go second in the group would just be, would be, like, a real result, I think. It would be really cool. Um, I think New Zealand will take, um, or I should say, Australia will take a lot from how New Zealand played which I think means that we have to go like, or be prepared for a massive like physical battle against Australia. Wait, is the, phys is the physical battle up front or is it with our backs? Is it the physicality we saw off New Zealand with just those carries? Or is it a different game altogether? Yeah, I think obviously when you think around like the forwards that they've got, the athletes that they've got, um, I think they'll they'll look to start there 100%, like hitting it up through the forwards and they'll look for that sort of power game that they also have. But like they've got some really threatening, you know, runners across the pitch. Like it's not just their forwards. Um, they're going to need to be wary of like that centre partnership, you know, whoever Wales go with, it's going to have to be really strong um, to manage the Australian centres. Um and probably, the, probably like the, one of the bigger threats is like the variation that they have between kicking and that power game. Um, you saw like with New Zealand, much more likely to keep ball in hand. Um, Australia are quite happy to kick it, so it's a bit of a bit of a so, double-edged sword. Really. So, where's the threat? Where? Hmm. I think for me, if they look to if they look to carry and try and shorten our defensive line, then I think those center partnerships gonna have to be super stable and, and really defense um minded that game because I think 
the the Australian centre partnership could could be pretty devastating. Because our centre's up to it. Yeah, I mean, we we had a little comfort blanket, didn't we, when we saw Karen Lake come back. Um, everyone probably was like, oh, <laughs> a bit relieved that she's there. Obviously, like really really defence focused. Um, but yeah, probably probably Hannah's going to be key to that. Like, I'm not sure if she took a bit of a bump. Um, in the New Zealand game, like it'd be interesting to see how how she is and and if she's fully fit. Mm. Hope she is. What do you think, Lowe's? What's the threat, and what does Wales need to do against Australia? I think the biggest threat will be that they've had a scare against Scotland, so they'll come out guns blazing against us because I don't think they'll respect Wales. I don't think they respected Scotland to turn that performance enough. So I think they'll they they will have a they will have had a shock. See, there's a WKD kicking in now. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, I think they'll come out from the first whistle all guns blazing. But I think Wales can match it, but they need. I would make changes. So these are the key changes I've identified. Well, I've gone on a before you do that. There's no injuries we need to be aware of, right? We're not aware at this day. It's Monday evening. We're not aware of anything. Well, oh, I. I question marked it because we know Karis had a bit of an ankle injury, niggle. Yes. So whether she'll be back fit or, or what the plan is around her, I'm unsure. Um, and I don't know if anything happened to Natalia John. Was there? Oh, no, I hope not. Not that I'm aware of. I think yeah. Donna Rose had a bit of a shoulder bung, didn't she? Saw her with some heavy... There was a lot of ice. There's been a lot of ice this week, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see Shona's legs? Hot dog straight from the tin. Yeah. So anybody that didn't see that on Shona's Instagram on there, they were battered. And her ankles were all iced up as well, weren't they? She's not gonna mm. look good in a dress for a while. <laughs> yeah. The other concern would, would maybe be would be, you know, jazzy. Like I just like she looked exhausted at the end of that game. Like she needs She's going to have to have a lot of management uh, this week in terms of what she does, and hopefully she'll be fight and fit and ready to go. Yeah. Um, the thing I loved about Jazz was that everyone's talk about her and uh, Woodman, and then um, so Woodman did her once, wasn't it? And everyone was like, "Oh, that," you know. And then Jazz in like the last, how she still had gas left, I don't know, but was just like a like a what, what's that bunny? They just kept getting up and do herself, do herself, yeah. <laughs> like do funny, wasn't it? She hit the floor straight back up, accelerated again, hit the floor straight back up. And, uh, she wanted to, didn't she? And um, I, I love that about her. She's all heart. I love that. I said in comms, like the Welsh fans want to see the ball, like with you know, jazz as much as possible. And then in that phase, I was like, I genuinely don't think Jazz wanted to see the ball at that point. She was like, he's gone on me. Yeah, it got to like the fourth or fifth time when yeah. she was like, no, no, not again. No. So, um, sorry, Lowe's, back to you with regards to selection. What changes are you going to make? If any? Yeah. Although I agreed with keeping Fee on in for um, the New Zealand game, I do think we're going to see a change now. So I think Kira will come in at nine. I think Karen will start at 12, push Hannah out to 13. And I think that's the only amount of change that we can afford to do. So I don't think we still don't have, you know, that strength and depth to change any more. Um, regarding the back three and that anyway. Um, I'd like 
I doubt this will ever happen, but I'd like to see Beth Lou go at six, Alex back at seven, Sean Ed at eight. Yeah. But it's a, it's a sacrifice because I don't think she's done anything wrong. She's had quite a solid campaign, but I would be dropping Natalia John to my bench and get Gwen Crabb into the row with Chuan. I agree with you. Natalia John's had a great campaign. In that case, I'd bring her and Gwen Crabb into the second row and that back row you mentioned. And drop your captain to the bench. Um, Against a team where you know you're going to have to have leadership. I know, I know, but I just... I just think the other two just offer a little bit more now. Yeah, I'm not arguing. It's a shit thing to say. I get that. I get that. It's a shit thing to say, and nobody wants to lose their captain. But I think she's more of a squad captain. Um, Yeah. You know, Hannah Hannah Jones can make those decisions on the field, and I just think, uh, you know, the physicality from and the athleticism from the other two offers us a bit more. We got to go all out, right? We have to win this game. Mm, that's why my biggest uh, what's the word conundrum is it that's a cracking word yeah is who do I have started hook up because even if Caris is fit I thought Kelsey played amazing Mm. so I I think she's earned well if not substantial minutes off the bench but I would start Kelsey again I would too tails over to you we've made some big calls Laurie and I um, let's bring somebody a bit more level-headed in. Yeah, <laughs> that eyebrow was going higher and higher and higher every time I said it. <laughs> yeah, I think no, I think you're right on some of them. I think they will try and shore up that that centre partnership a little bit more. Um, like Shani is Shani Wills, isn't it? Shani Williams in in for Australia. Yeah, like really experienced player. Like I think she's in like mid thirties now. Done sevens, done Olympics, done you name it. And she's I done think, the Olymp- uh, she's done the sevens Grand Slam. She's won everything you can win. Yeah, like yeah. she's just a really smart rugby player there. So I think like the most experience that we can put around that part of the park will be huge because she's not afraid to absolutely truck it up like at all. Um, yeah either and she's a real like she's a she's a really good athlete I think they'll have to try and get a bit of balance in the back row like the some of the back row obviously you've still got Shannon Parry in the back row for Australia who's been there for for donkey's years so you're gonna have to have a little bit of you know streetwise in there so you talk around let me ask you an honest question if Shannon Parry wasn't captain would she be starting no I don't know I think she's passed it I think she's passed it and I think the back row the Lori mentioned um, can can have the better game. Yeah, I think that for me, that's where probably someone like Calendar who can win the energy battle will be would be really important rather than necessarily like the size battle. I think that's yeah. quite important. But like they they're just they're just gritty and they're not daft. Like you saw how mm. smart New Zealand were around the breakdown area in clearing out people. Like Australia are the same, but like. Like we need, like we need to be aware of that. I thought Gwen Crab was was excellent. You know, we haven't seen her for a little while, um, let alone to see her at six. But actually, like the amount of work that she got through mm. was really good, and she does give that physicality. Uh, Beth Ann Lewis, I think, was like top tackler, didn't disappoint, did exactly what it says on the tin, got the job done. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I'd, I think I'd go a bit gritty. Like I think I'd try and pick people who I know are going to get under the skin a little bit and try and rattle them. So who um, are those people, Rachel Taylor? Get off the fence. 
Well, I think you've I think you've mentioned a couple. Like I think Kelsey does it like quite well, gets under people's skins, quite frustrating. Um, I'd say probably Natalia John as well, in some ways, is is a little bit infuriating, especially around the, the breakdown area. You've got Calendar who's just gonna be in someone's face. Um, I would agree with you about Bevan. I think like she did really well when she came on and speeded things up. Um so yeah, I think I think there will be some changes. Uh and I think they've just got to go, they've got to try and get that right balance because the Australian squad is like, yeah, they've got some real good like youngsters and obviously they've got talented wingers who are rapid as well. But overall, like they're 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 pretty like level, level-headed and quite experienced. So I think it's gonna be that mix. And yeah, I guess like Lily Crap is a really difficult one. And like where does she go in that pitch? Uh but I mean, you know, do you use her in the same way they used her against Scotland? So she comes off the bench and shores things up if it's a tight game again. Um, those will be the sort of the decisions to make. I don't think we've seen the best out of Kayleigh Powell yet. Um, but maybe this game would suit her more because if they if they do go to the boot, there's more chance to to counter attack. Um, so yeah, I think I think there'll be quite a lot of changes to be honest. Yeah. I think there's quite a few people growing into the games, though, aren't they? Like, I think, you know, the back three have been solid. Um, I think, you know, Sean Ed's just been Sean Ed. You know, nobody's <laughs> doubting that, she, that she's going to be starting at eight. Um, yeah, what about the front row, Lowe's? You haven't mentioned that other than... Um, well, oh. it's pointless and skimmy, because I said change them by, for last game, and they <laughs> proved me wrong, didn't they? And good enough for them. Well done, but... I don't know. It, it all depends on how they're feeling as well. You know, they've put hell of a shift in last weekend and the weekend before. <clears throat> um, again, it's it's the strength and depth. So are those other players in that position, are they fully fit? Is that why we're not seeing them? So I'm, I'm unsure, but yeah, I'm, I'm willing to put my neck out on the line about Kelsey. I'd like to see us that. Yeah, I think um, I agree with you on that one. Um, but then you know, you you if you have the likes of Caris Phillips on the bench, then you're replacing quality for quality. So it's a win-win for Wales in that yeah. situation, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It all depends on their game plan and how they want to approach it. But I will be furious if we lose. Like, <laughs> well. No, it's winding me up a little bit because I think they're there for the taking. Yeah. And like we've seen so many times. We've played Australia a few times in World Cup matches. Every we? World Cup group we've had Australia. Pool. Yeah. Every and, pool. It just winds me up. I don't <laughs> understand like why we let like put them up on such a pedestal because they're dirty players as well, Australia. I've had a chunk out of my chin against them, a uh, cheek even. So I think we need to put the sort of players on that can face up to that. Great, you had the greatest comeback of all time against them as well, didn't you? When you went off injured and then were like... No, boys, I was injured. I just put a brave face on for that after party, okay? <laughs> I broke myself. <laughs> what year was this? 2014, got stretched off with Sean Ed. Sean Ed, uh, Sean Ed jumped in my ambulance because <laughs> hers was more serious. And it wasn't because she was out doing the worm after. I couldn't get down to the floor. And uh, yeah, got stretched off. My mother phoned me from 
Wales, bless her, thinking I wasn't going to make the plane home. I um, pulled a muscle, I think. I had a spasm. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't do the worm, though. No, I was crying a bit. Yeah, I tried one dance-off with someone from Canada or something. And, well, yeah, I had to leave. It's the first time I've ever lost a dance-off. I went to sit on the bus set and I was like, take me up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that game was probably one of my greatest... Um... What's the word to use? Change like pre-match changing room experience ever. <laughs> oh yeah, at the time uh, I almost I almost got sent home from that World Cup as well because my pre-game routine was very different to how a pre-game routine is apparently expected. So all the coaches came in and said I was unprofessional and whatever. Almost got sent home, and then I had uh, the players group defended me to say that it didn't bother them. <laughs> Well, that was Rachel Taylor defending you, basically, <laughs> rallying the troops. I think even the referee defended me at one point. Did it involve <laughs> Tina Turner? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, involved, it involved referees joining in, which was just one of the most surreal... Yeah, really weird. <laughs> it's never okay. happened before or since, I imagine. <laughs> I'm going to bring you back on track. Uh, because there's so many stories I know. Um, what's your predictions? Ooh. Wales have got to win. And I think right. it will be an incredibly close game, though. So I think it would be a similar scoreline to um, Australia-Scotland, Australia, but in the favour of wit. So, like... Two, three point, like squeaky bum time. I don't know if I can cope yeah. with more Welsh close matches. So before yeah. we give the results, then I mean, I did a bit of a deep dive on where we are in the tournament, where others are, and we're currently, by the skin of our teeth, making it into the quarterfinals. Now, some context: this is the first time we've had quarterfinals in a World Cup, right? Because we've always played one or fourth. We've always played for a semi and a final, um, fifth and eighth is it, and then ninth and whatever. So it's always been broken down after the pool stages. But this is the first time. If you don't make it into the top eight, you go home. You don't have um, two more matches. So this is like, this is it. This is one game, penalty shootout, you know, stay in it kind of atmosphere. Um, but I've looked at it, right? And the good news is that potentially we can stay in this top eight based on other results. I don't think there's too much of a threat obviously if we lose massively and we don't get a bonus point and others do it's it's really complicated right but the way i've looked at it the way i've mapped it out it's very very possible that if we lose against australia and other matches go in our favor we play england if we mm. beat australia and other matches go in our favor favor we play new zealand oh yay <laughs> so Great. So, either way, it's a very, very difficult route for Wales. <laughs> so, with that in mind, <laughs> you know, Tails, what's your prediction? And um, oh. <clears throat> are we going to stay top eight? My heart really wants to win. Again, I like my New Zealand predicting, my heart wants to win. But like I am, I am really concerned it's going to be tight. But I think either way, I don't think the I don't I don't think it's going to be like massively high scoring. Um, but I think it'll be really tight, like Lou says. 
and so it'll either either Wales will nudge it by a few or, or narrowly miss out by a few but I think they'll be within that losing bonus point region so you're saying that Wales will win but so will Australia <laughs> my heart is saying that Wales are going to win my head is saying that they might not <laughs> do you get splinters in your ass every podcast or what I just <laughs> get off the fence. Just... Give me a score. Wales win. Close. Yeah, by by five. I can take five. I can take five more than I can take three. Lowe's, what do you think? Wales win within five. I'm gonna be a little bit bolder. And the reason I say this, I just think. Um, because Wales' history in the Six Nations and um, the run-up they've had, I think this is going to come down to rugby brains. I think we can match them on the field, I really do. So I think it's going to come down to the top two inches, and I think Wales are probably better game management rugby players than what Australia got right now, just through the amount of rugby they've played, the scenarios we've been in. We've been in the Six Nations, Australia haven't. We've played against the best more regular than Australia have. So I think it's going to come down to the top two inches and I'll back our players over theirs. And I think we'll win by about seven to 12 points. And the beers are talking to now, are they? <laughs> cool. Right then. So Tails, where are you going to be watching Wales Australia? Uh, in London, in Ealing, in a studio. But I'm going to do my best put some atmospheric sounds on it to make me sound like I'm in New Zealand. <laughs> well, oh, no, you're not going to bring in a Philippa Tutiette accent, do you? <laughs> it's all you're going to do, <laughs> some dulcet tones. <laughs> I wondered why she was giving me evils the other day. That's probably why, isn't it? That's probably why. Lori Harris, are you getting up for the game? Uh, what time's kickoff? Oh, come on. It's a quarter past two. I'm just making sure that the... Listeners, no, I knew <laughs> it's quarter past two Saturday morning this time. Mm. Yeah, I probably won't know. <laughs> Straight after it, though, at quarter to five is the Scotland New Zealand game. Yeah, I'll be up for that one. Oh, well, they are favourites. Let's put on a click then to save the day for me to rewatch the Welsh game. Yeah, thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye-bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.